Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you recognize that all your dreams can come true. I will also be interviewing Dr. Reggie Padin, who's going to share his transformational story of how all of his dreams came true. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but many of you do not know me as a composer. My latest album, Restoration, was just released. Restoration is a continuation of the first album, Consolation. I like to think of these albums like books. Each original composition is written like a chapter in a book. And like in any story, the character goes from a sense of grief and loss, and at the end of Consolation, finds hope for his future. In Restoration, he has an awakening, and in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which are not healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, becoming greater than he was before. You may purchase this album on iTunes or any other digital music store. The name of the album is Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you are currently hearing is entitled Introspection. A friend's grandfather came to America from Eastern Europe. After being processed at Ellis Island, he went into a cafeteria in Lower Manhattan to get something to eat. He sat down at an empty table and waited for someone to take his order. Of course, nobody did. Finally, a woman with a tray full of food sat down opposite him and informed him how the cafeteria worked. Start out at that end, she said. Just go along the line and pick out what you want. At the other end, they'll tell you how much you have to pay. I soon learned that that's how everything works in America, the grandfather told my friend. Life's like a cafeteria here. You can get anything you want as long as you're willing to pay the price. You can even get success, but you'll never get it if you wait for someone to bring it to you. You have to get up and get it yourself. dreams can come true. We've all gone to the movies and seen an amazing story of how someone had a dream. They overcame so much adversity, and at the end of the movie, we saw how their dreams were accomplished. And many times we look at that and think, man, I really wish I had a dream like that, or I really wish I could do something like that. But what we don't realize is that we all have a dream. We all have something that we hope to accomplish in our life. Now, sometimes we don't realize what it is right away, and other times we do. One of the saddest things that can happen is when we have this dream and we tell one person. And for whatever reason, well-meaning people can discourage us and say, oh, you can't do that. And that's the time when many dreams die stillborn. We don't allow for them to develop and germinate within us to then find the path and ways to do it. I once read a study about five monkeys. Five monkeys were put into a room and there was a large pole. And at the top of that pole was a bunch of bananas. And so one monkey scrambled up there to grab the bananas. And just before he grabbed the banana, they spilled all this cold water on him. And he scrambled down the pole to get away from the water. And then another monkey would go up. And then the experimenters then took out one of those original monkeys and brought in another monkey. That new monkey then tried to climb the pole as well and was doused with water. This continued until all the original monkeys had cycled out and new monkeys were in there. And so when a new monkey was brought in, he would try and climb the pole. And just before he climbed it, the other monkeys pulled him back because they had tried it and had failed. And unfortunately, that's the same thing with well-meaning people. We often can have a dream, but well-meaning people will say, well, you can't do that, or there's no way you can do that. You don't even know anybody who's done anything like that before. 
And once again, these are well-meaning people, but just because they don't know how to do it, they will often give you their opinion. And if we're not careful, we'll internalize that opinion and think that it's not going to come true. It's vital for you to hold on to your dream and really surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you regardless of how outlandish your dream may sound. It's interesting, before I came down here to Florida, I told a few people about the new venture that I was going to do. And there was one person that didn't know me very well, knew me just in a, in a professional setting. But when I explained to him what I was going to be doing, I was immediately surprised at how negative he was about it. He said, James, well, you don't have anything to share with people, or I don't see how you could do this. And I found myself justifying my dream. I found myself justifying my actions. And this is a really important part. If you find that you are justifying what you're going to do to someone else to prove to them that you can do something or to really explain your dream to them, well, remember, not everybody's going to be for you. Once again, it doesn't mean this person was a bad person. He just didn't understand my dream. And he was not a close person who would encourage me. So I really want to encourage you today. The dreams you have in your heart can come true. The biggest problem is if we don't believe it and allow negative words and self-doubt to permeate our mind, your dream will stop before it even started. Think about Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison had an amazing reframe on the 1,000 failures he had prior to creating the light bulb. He was able to reframe it to say, you know what? I found 1,000 ways that this will not work. Where unfortunately, many of us, when we have disappointments, sometimes the first or second time, we automatically think this isn't going to work or this is too hard or I'm not going to be able to do it. But the, one of the most important things to remember is without failure, you don't realize how your dream can change. You don't realize how to hone your dream or how to maybe make it more focused or to look at those things that could be distractions. So I always tell people, any type of disappointments you have or any type of failures you have as you start your dream, that's actually one of the most beneficial things that you can experience because it helps you become more focused and more determined. But if you don't have that tenacity, if you don't surround yourself with those people, if you don't believe with all your heart that your dream is going to come true, then unfortunately, these disappointments are going to discourage you and you'll never try again. Remember, every setback is a setup for a comeback. So I really, really want to encourage you today that your dreams can come true. You just have to be focused. You cannot surround yourself with people who don't understand you or even well-meaning people who may talk you out of your dreams. Your dreams can come true today. You have the ability to realize them. You have the ability to accomplish anything that you set your mind to. But remember, you are the only person who can stop those dreams from coming true. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled, When All Hell Breaks Loose. <laughs> We've all experienced those times when nothing seems to go right. This class will specifically train you how to process the event, regroup, and use what was thought as a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Enroll in the class today. My guest today, Dr. Reggie Padding, went from being a high school dropout, working for pennies hauling garbage by hand out of a dumpster, to become a successful educator, author, entrepreneur, executive coach, and spiritual leader. He shows his clients how anyone experiencing dumpster moments can do the same. He is going to share his incredible story with us today. Welcome to my show, Dr. Padding. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, definitely. Now, you seem to have a lot of changes in your life. You know, the first few sentences I read in your intro, it seems like you went from a place of, seems as if you didn't have much purpose, to all of a sudden being this executive coach, this entrepreneur, author. I can't wait for you, I can't wait for you to share your story with us today. Well, it, it, was a, it was a little bit more intricate than what you just explained, but yeah, in a nutshell. Sure. Well, then why don't you go ahead and explain some of that to us? As any young person who makes, uh, makes mistakes, I made, I made uh, my share of mistakes mm -hmm. early on. And one of the biggest mistakes I did 
was to um, not complete high school. And so I dropped out um, and married very young. Mm-hmm. My young wife and I had a, a son right away and then a second, a second son. And so that very much uh, complicated uh, family life for, for me because sure. I was with a, a young wife and two kids and not a very steady income and no education. Mm-hmm. And so um, to to complicate things, I was um, an immigrant in Canada with no papers. So my wife was Canadian, a Canadian citizen, and I was uh, I was living there because of my my parents moved there, and then my parents moved back to the states, and I didn't want to move back, so I I stayed there and I had no no papers to work with. And my wife had to sponsor me, and mm-hmm. until then, I, all I could find was you know odd jobs uh, that pay cash. When I finally got my work permit, uh, my father-in-law uh, very reluctantly uh, found me a job in his, in, his, uh, in his work, and it was as a janitor. Basically, as a gopher, I, I did some janitorial work, but whatever they needed, I did. Sure. And um, what, little did I know that the company that I had just started working for was going out of business. Oh, no. They were cutting back, and so one of the places they cut back because they couldn't afford was uh, the waste management company. And so very vividly, I remember one day my boss calling me into his office and saying, hey, Reggie, I need you to go and get one of the trucks, the company trucks, a box truck, and back it up to every single dumpster around the company. Get in the, get in the dumpster and, and haul the garbage out of there and put it in the back of the truck and drive it to the landfill. And for an entire summer, I did that. That was my job. And you can imagine, I mean, I don't know if you've ever walked by, by a dumpster in the middle of the summer, but it's, oh, not, my God. it's not very... It's not very pleasant. And no, so now, now, now imagine being, you know, chest deep inside a dumpster, uh, swimming, swimming in filth. Very tough, tough moment for me. It was very, uh, you know, my self-esteem was, was, I mean, it was non-existent. Of course. And I remember, I remember one of my drives back from the, from the landfill, you know, thinking to myself, is this it? Is this what I'm going to end up doing for the rest of my life? What kind of life am I going to give my, my young children, my wife? I mean, what does she think of me? And because, you know, I'm, I was young and able and, and, and strong and I could, and smart, I could, I could do other things. And so I made a decision right there and then that I was going to pull myself out of the dumpster and make something out of my life. And that's, and, and hence, and hence why, you know, why the, the story that I, that I wrote. One of the things that I, that I, and, Realized early on was that I wanted to share the story, even even way back back then. I, I wanted to tell people my story and help people avoid these types of dumpsters in their lives. So I decided right, right there and then that I was going to become an educator. And wow. so what that meant was what that meant was I needed to start from point A, right? I needed to go back to school and get my GED. And I'm going to fast forward real quick, but you know I had to get a college degree. And I was the first person in my family to graduate with a, with a college degree. And that led me to my first master's degree and then a subsequent second master's degree. And all along, you know, with every time I, I got a degree, I was able to grow in my career and my, mm-hmm. my income grew and my, uh, my situation got better. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was able to pursue my education uh, until I, I, I ended up with a, with a doctorate degree. Uh, graduated wow. in 2014. 2014. And all along, 
you know, my, my career has been one of helping people. So I, I coach uh, at the executive level. I'm, I'm the dean of a corporate university now. I, I teach saw that. As yeah. an ad, I teach as an adjunct professor. I coach people all the time. I, I meet with top-level executives and I motivate people. So it's been a, a, a wonderful, wonderful journey out of that dumpster. What I realized was that it, that, that original dumpster was just one. I mean, every every person, doesn't matter their background or race, income level, level of education, it doesn't matter who you are, everybody faces dumpsters in their lives. And what I call a dumpster moment is those things that limit you, those mm-hmm. things that uh, stand in the way from getting to the place where you feel you, you your purpose is calling you to, um, to go. Mm-hmm. Same steps that I applied in my own life to pull myself out of that, that original dumpster, I've been able to apply to every single other dumpster that I've faced and every single dumpster that people that come to me also I help them overcome those, those types of limitations. So that's in a nutshell, that's my, my story. Wow, that's that's an incredible story. I want I would like for you to take us back if you wouldn't mind to the the time when you dropped out. You know, for whatever reason mm-hmm. that may have been. In that moment, did you perceive the difficulty that you would have had as far as the how it would limit you from perhaps getting a different type of job? You know, I it it, it really didn't. I wasn't I wasn't thinking. And and I saw around other people who hadn't completed their their high school education and who didn't have much much of an educational background and they were working in construction and and doing okay okay for themselves the, the problem was that it was a perfect storm because when i when i did that number one again i didn't have i didn't have a work permit so that's that's mm-hmm. not sure, uh, of course. a great deal and also and also um during during those days canada was going through probably one of the worst uh, recessions yeah, in their in their in their history, and so it was mm-hmm. very tough to find. I mean, construction was non-existent. Uh, yeah. Jobs were were very scarce. No, I, I didn't think it was gonna it was gonna um, uh, hurt me at all. And uh, until I went through the process and, and noticed that this was gonna be this was gonna be a tough road. Yeah. Definitely. I actually grew up in Canada, so I remember that time to which you're referring. When you were in the dumpster and you were swimming in that filth, not literally, <laughs> but figuratively, when you're in that filth and you're looking around and that concept that you had or that thought that you had as far as, is this going to be my life? Something we call emotional forecasting in psychology, which means what we feel in the moment, we forecast that to the future to say, this is how my life is always going to be. And when we do that, that creates a sense of hopelessness or helplessness. And all of a sudden it causes, it it demotivates us to think that our life can be different. How did you find that intrinsic desire or that, in other words, what motivated you to say, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want this to be my life. I'm not going to emotionally forecast. What was it inside of you that really switched that for you that became the foundational piece for you to be able to literally get out of that dumpster? I think I think that uh, a catalyst were my children. I remember holding mm-hmm. my, my firstborn in my hands and really, I mean, here's this precious little baby, right? And um, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking to myself and, and, and telling him, you know, uh, what kind of life am I giving you? And, and, and I, I promised him right there and then that I would do anything and everything in my power to, to make life better for, for him and for his, his brother and, and, of course, for my wife. And, and, that, and, and also, you know, the, the, the notion that I, I, I knew I could do better. 
that I, I felt I felt I had you know the, the smarts and I felt that I had to drive and I felt that I could you know I could really discipline myself to to achieve more. Mm-hmm. And so that really drove me, drove me to to get out of that that dumpster and really formulate a plan for my life. And it's it's funny how you how you you mentioned forecasting, because I I literally did that. I took I took a spread I, I created a spreadsheet, and year by year, you know, I, I, I it was twenty years uh, into the future. And I, I I wrote for myself, okay, by this year, I want to accomplish this. By this year, I want to accomplish this. By this year, I want to accomplish this. I had my, my age, the age of my, my wife, my children's ages. You know, I had I had everything down pretty detailed as to, mm-hmm. you know, during during that that journey, I had to be at a certain, you know, at a certain level. And um, it, it really worked. It worked for me. Um, yeah. It really drove me to do better. Well, clearly, I mean, obviously, you're very successful now. So, how how did you come up with the idea of being an educator? So, going from you know the juxtaposition or the contrast between dropping out, which doesn't mean someone's yeah. intelligent or not, it just means they drop out. How did you come up with right. that idea of being an educator when you hadn't completed your high school diploma? Because I felt that you know my my story and my experience was going to help other people, and mm-hmm. I, I I wanted to I wanted to help people avoid those types of situations. And so I, I told myself, you know, if I could educate, if I could be an educator and help young people avoid these, making these mistakes, giving them hope, giving them a plan. And, and you have to understand my, my background, you know, I'm, I'm, I come from a, a very low income situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, nobody, nobody in my family or, or really in my community, had complete, completed their education. My, my mom completed high school. My dad dropped out when he was in eighth grade. Nobody I knew had attended college. Mm-hmm. And so I saw right there and then that the, that the power of education was, was the key. Now, there were peaks and valleys, you know, at every stage. I, thought that I knew that at least I was going to get a, a bachelor's degree. And, and when mm-hmm. I went into, finally into college, I was 25 by then. I had four kids, so the journey was was quite quite an extensive one. I thought, wow, this is going to be too difficult. I mean, how am I going to work full time and you know provide for my for my family and study and do all of that? I almost gave up on my dream until I met a college professor who became one of my many mentors, and I saw mm. the impact that he that he had on my life and in the That's life wonderful. of my of my classmates. And I said, you know, no, I need I, I definitely need to continue pursuing my my education. And so all along. You know, there, there's been these peaks and valleys, uh, moments where I thought about giving up, but then, you know, and, and that's again, that's what I call a dumpster moment. Anything that mm-hmm. really stands between you and your goal. There's been, you know, situation or people or circumstances that have motivated me to to continue pressing on. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, one of the concepts that I teach in lifeology is the spirit mind body connection. Did you have yeah. any spiritual awakening? Was was there a spiritual influence that maybe kind of bolstered your faith or helped you kind yeah, of I, motivate you through this? Yeah, no, I, I do come from a, from a very spiritual background. My dad is um he was a minister in a in a small Spanish church. Um, oh, and wow. you know, if if you understand, yeah, if you understand the the, the Hispanic culture, especially the Protestant uh, religion, you don't need an edu- education. All you need is a call from God to exercise your your call. And so I've always had a, a very strong spiritual background. In fact, I when I first started my career, 
I thought I was going to go into, I was going to be a, a minister. And so, you know, my first, my, my bachelor's degree is in, in, in religion. My first master's degree is in theology. So I went to seminary and I was, I became a, an ordained minister and I, I worked in, in, a, in a few churches. And so that was my first uh, way of helping people to overcome their limitations, their spiritual limitations, their mental limitations, their relational limitations. I subsequently changed careers. I went into the corporate setting. I, I felt that there were there were things in the, in my church that I I I, I liked and, and things that I didn't. And so I decided, hey, let me take this more on a on a I guess on a global scale and, and sure. do a bit, do a bit more with it. So so yeah, definitely strong sense of faith, a strong sense of destiny, uh, you know, a, a strong sense that, you know, I'm here for a reason and a purpose. And so yeah. my job is to, is to be faithful to, you know, number one, find out what that reason and that purpose is. And number two is just devote my, my life to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's one thing that often people don't realize, and by no means am I, is it my job to tell people what to believe in, but when right. they don't have this spirit, mind, body connection, there's an element of them that's completely minimized or their, their life is unbalanced. And I think that's one thing that mm-hmm. a lot of people in, just in, the, in the world often don't really develop as much. And when those three components are really developed and honed, the the potential that someone has is realized in a much greater way. And so some of those obstacles that you're discussing, you know, when it feels like my mind or my intellect says there's no way out or my body feels like it's failing, well, that spiritual part of us, that part that connects with the divine is the part that bolsters us. It's that faith, the component that moves us and gives us the ability to jump out of that dumpster, if you will. I didn't mean to use uh, your words, but that's just kind no, of no, 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 no. That's, that's quite all right. Because that, that is that is true. I mean, and I, I, I see it. I see it in my own life how, again, that sense of I'm, I'm called for a reason and a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, in the in the old Hebrew is, is, is you know, you're called to, I'm going to call you a blessing so you can be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that type of um, understanding. And, and that's my, that's what I see. My my biggest call is to be a blessing to other people uh, and help them through my own life and experience and my knowledge and you know the things that I've been able to face or heard or the things that I've learned uh, to help them really reach reach the next the next level in their lives. That's amazing. Well, segue into this next part. Aren't you the dean of a corporate university for a multi-billion-dollar corporation in Miami? I am. I am. No, I mean, yeah. So that's that's what I I, I, I alluded to earlier that I made a I made a career change, mm-hmm. uh, and so 2006, we, my wife and I and, and our kids, we, you know, we relocated to to South Florida uh, with with the church, and I was still I was still in the ministry, and it was then that I felt this is probably the the, the right time for me to really consider uh, making making this change. That meant that I had to go back to school and read tools. So I went and got my my master's in business administration. Landed, I was able to land very miraculously. I, I, I write about it in my book. Uh, I miraculously landed a job as a corporate trainer for a it was a, a billion dollar company, mm-hmm. uh, and, and teaching and helping people in leadership and you know management and and, and I became very well versed in in distance education and adult learning theory and all that. You know that's and that's what led me after after my my master's. That's what led me to uh, continue pursuing a, a doctorate in, in education because I felt these are things that are, are definitely 
of value to the world. I mean, yes. corporate, uh, non-for-profit, religious, I mean, across the, across the board, this is something that can be of great benefit. I was doing my job quite quite nicely. I was very comfortable in my job. And one day a recruiter came and, and, and really enticed me to move companies. And, and so, yeah, now I'm the, the, the dean of a corporate university for a, a $7 billion company. Wow. And um, and so and so it's been a it's been a great great journey. And that's what I was going to ask you. How often do you reflect on being that dumpster to being the dean of a multi billion dollar corporation? How often do you compare and just reflect on that? Because that's such a powerful journey. You know, I um, whenever whenever I feel that my my life is getting out of balance and I'm stressing over over things. I I look back and I say, wait a minute. Do you remember how bad how bad you had it? You remember how bad it was, and of course, it put things in perspective too. That there's other people who are in the dumpster today, who need who need to come out, and and my job can help them really come out of those dumpsters. And here I am worrying about you know uh, nonsensical things, and sure. so I you know it, it it keeps you humble, it keeps you grounded, and, and it shows you that uh, you know that again going back to this the sense of purpose. That mm-hmm. that you know, I don't I don't need to have all the answers. I don't need to have everything perfectly laid out before me. All I need to do is make sure that I'm I'm fulfilling my purpose and and helping others overcome their dumpster. So yeah, I mean, during the dumpster days, we were living in a in, in a very uh, humble uh, place. You know, I was driving a, a beat up car. We didn't have enough money for everything, whether it was food or or so. I mean, so so many struggles, right? And mm-hmm. um, and today and today, you know, a lot of those struggles are are gone. I mean, I I, yeah. I live in a in a beautiful apartment overlooking Biscayne Bay in in, in downtown Miami with a multi million dollar view. I drive this car of my dreams. I, yeah. I I go to a very nice office. I I I'm, I'm, I live a, a very blessed life. But it it took a lot of hard work. It was it was sure. a lot of hard work and a lot of planning and a lot of execution. Of uh, you know these things don't happen by accident. You have to, you have to make it happen. You, you really mm-hmm. do. Well, of course, just success is just like a bank account. You only are successful as, as far as how much work you put into it. You can't withdraw um, that success if you don't put that hard work into it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Now, your book, Get Out of the Dumpster: A True Story on Overcoming Limitations. Where would my listeners be able to find that or purchase that? They can go to um, probably the easiest way is to go to Amazon.com. And, mm-hmm. and type in get get out of the dumpster, and and they'll be able to see it there. It's it's also available on Barnes and Noble, and you can go to any other store and order it. Mm-hmm. And and okay. right there on the on the Amazon page, you can see um, uh, my author page, and I have the uh, the other information there about my website, uh, my Facebook account, my Instagram account, my Twitter. Um, but you know they can also go to reggiepadine.com, R-E-G-G-I-E-P-A-D-I-N.com. And um, and visit us there and, and find out all the good stuff that we're we're attempting attempting to to do. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Reggie, I want to thank you so much for being a guest today on my show. I was truly inspired by hearing your story, and I'm confident that my listeners will also be inspired, and they'll be able to learn so many things when they purchase your book. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that I could uh, join you here today, and, and I um, I hope so. I hope that people can be inspired by by the story to overcome their limitations. Well, thank you once again.
I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining with us today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today. Also, please visit my website where you may enroll in Lifeology Academy, read my published articles, and watch all my YouTube episodes I created just for you. If you'd like to become a show sponsor or become a guest, please visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.